Three Amazon sellers. Three Amazon sellers. Entertaining conversation with some of the brightest minds in online business. This is the one-stop shop to start or scale your business further than you could ever imagine. Ever imagine. Welcome to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buy Box Bandits podcast. Today we have uh, two guests, rare occurrence. Uh, well, I guess it happened with Taylor and Romer the other time as well. But yeah, we have our friends uh, Julian and Lester, who are both full-time OA sellers. So we're excited to dig into kind of their origin stories um, and all that, how they get going, scaling strategies. So they both aggressively scaled as past as of uh, the past three months, like doubling their sales and all that and beyond. But um, yeah, so kind of, I guess, a, a group intro in here. But uh, Lester, you want to start off giving us a little background on yourself, and then we'll we'll see what's up with Julian and all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I got to Amazon last year, July, late July, August. Uh, I was actually slinging Range Rovers here down in Miami. Oh, yeah, <laughs> had a lot of time in my hands, so I started kind of like a side ha- uh, hustle, one doing the weekend stuff. So it was originally with books. And slowly um, stumbling to Reezy resells and YouTube and feels a profit after that. So went OA in November Q4, actually purchased your toys leads list with um, Warner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. So that's kind of like my first thing regarding OA. Then I saw like what that did to me. And two months, fast forward, February, I, you know, I started getting to know like a lot of sellers um, regarding Amazon. That's how I found out Buy Box Bandit. And I actually took, um, you know, coaching class with um, with Garrett. So that kind of helped meet me, Julian, Ken, and other people, you know, and kind of just start uh, growing from there and went full-time in February and quit my job. Shit. All right, cool. So you were a car salesman, you said. You were selling Range Rovers? Yeah, and you've been on Amazon for like no time. August is like nothing ago. So you really like took initiative and, and uh, were able to move on quick. And so you live in Florida. So are you, are you paying sales tax or are you owe to prep? Uh, I was paying sales tax for 7%, but like when I was, you know, working with Garrett and stuff, they kind of really broke down numbers where mm-hmm. that 7% kind of equals out if I send it to a prep center, for example, like no state tax, like Delaware, Montana, New Hampshire, and all that. Cool. All right. Cool. 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 Julian. Uh, so you and I were, were botting stuff like a year ago, unsuccessfully, but we were trying to, um, for, for Amazon stuff and all that. But, uh, yeah, tell me about, uh, you know, how you got started and all that. Yeah. So I come from like the shoe game, like you miles, you know, that already, um, for me, the shoe game became too much of like a botting scene. Like, like you mentioned with like toys or whatever. And that got like, it got too complicated to the point where I wasn't doing the volume I was doing when I first started out. So I was like, I need to transition to something else or like get like another source of income. And I saw on your story, Miles, that you were like selling on Amazon and shit. So I was like, all right, if you could do it, Miles, you're coming from the same background <laughs> as I am and I can do it too. So that's pretty much where it went. And I, I booked, a, I actually booked a, a meeting with you, Miles, for like an hour or so just to like get that, you know, that boost to start. And yeah, it started from there. We tried, me and Miles tried to get like a thing going on where we would bought toys. 
I did buy toys for him, but I guess the toys didn't do well or something. And yeah, I transitioned from Bolos to retail arbitrage at Nike. And then from there, I'm still doing retail arbitrage, but I'm scaling with OA currently doing mainly clothing and apparel. <clears throat> all right, cool. And uh, what all are you doing in terms of sourcing methods to find these items? I right, will start with you, Julian. It's weird interviewing two people at the same time that I like, I haven't spoken super closely face-to-face with besides the daily memes from Lester on Instagram. And I'm not saying that in a you know, derogatory manner or anything. I do enjoy the meme, but yeah. So how are you guys finding items? Wait, Lester, yeah. I thought I was the only one getting those memes. No, oh, he slangs them there's, to everyone. Let's go. Else? Yeah, yeah. Lester. Secrets out, secrets out. Lester, yeah. Lester, Lester. Julian I hasn't thought... been getting it. Julian, Julian's getting special treatment. Yeah, I thought I was the only one getting the, the memes. All right, continue, I'm annoyed. Julian, take Courage, it. Courage, guys. <laughs> but um, for me, um, my main method for sourcing right now is reverse sourcing and storefront stalking. So like I've gotten some storefronts like me, Lester and Ken actually came together and got like these dope storefronts. And then, you know, I, I kind of found stuff that's really good. That's replenishable. That's in my in my um, my category. So right now I'm sticking with that. And like last month I was able to do 100 case. So it's obviously working because half of that just came from like these storefronts I found. So that's my main thing right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like so many people that follow us and interact with us on Instagram get lost in the numbers in terms of looking up and, and seeing the big numbers and seeing the sales and and this and that. And and for you guys specifically, obviously, I've worked with both of y'all pretty extensively. I consider both of y'all success stories just based on where you were and where you are now. What, if you can, can you contribute that to, or attribute that to to what worked uh keep a knowledge spending confidence and um networking i'd say i would say that's like all my that's like everything that's gone into my success too definitely yeah networking it's a big thing because like you know for example if you're running into something like when i first started i was like getting orders canceled left and right so just asking someone like hey how are you able to bypass something, you know? So they just give you that tip, try this different website. So it's it's good to ask other people who's like, you know, above you, not just like for journal things, but something like um, you, you need help with uh, regarding what you're, you know, going through. Or even if you're just having a bad day, someone's there to kind of just guide you. It's like, hey, like zoom out, look at the, the whole big picture. You're building a business and you've only been at it for like, a couple months so you know be patient at the same time yeah and so you said you three you're you two and can have like a little group or something going like that yeah yeah sure. and like that's the thing right like six months ago or probably even three months ago you guys didn't know each other and now you're all masterminding thousands of profit for each of you a month you know what i mean like that's powerful stuff you know and that's what comes out of you know the conversations you have and being active right i know uh uh, Julian, you have a Amazon Instagram account. I know Lester, you don't, but you kind of talk about it on the personal. And that's what it comes about of, right? Is talking about it, right? Because in real life, there's no one that knows about any of this stuff in our life. Met, so it's so necessary to meet people. And what I like to do is, right, like try to get on Zoom with people or like talk to that. So literally, like Garrett 
Garrett, I think your brother, like Dylan commented on my picture. And I was like, Hey, y'all are trying to get on zoom or whatever like that. And then like literally, literally the next week we were sourcing items together. And I'll, so like talk to us about kind of more, so more specifically how that's been helpful um, in terms of like what goes on networking wise. One thing that was really helpful is like the accountability aspect of the networking. Yeah. So like we always text each other, like every day, Hey, do we spend like, how are we doing with the spend today? Like, Oh, today I spent like three K nice. And then we try to like compete with each other. They're like, Oh, I did like 3,500 4k and shit like that. So that was something that was really helpful. Also, I feel like we all come from like different angles in mm -hmm. Amazon business. You all so bring like, something for example, else Ken, I'm sorry. You all bring something different to the Yeah, table. exactly. Exactly. Like for example, Ken, he's really good at um, storefront stocking. Like he's, he manages to get, um the storefronts right and he even knows who it is like there's people we got like with like social media presence and like <laughs> i think that helps too because it makes you like oh i i know i know you know when he's like oh i spent like this much today it's like mm. and <laughs> but what do you call it that helps um for me i come more of like from a sneaker background so any questions they have with like prepping shoes or my favorite websites discounts going on I provide that and, you know, Lester could speak for himself. Yeah. I mean, what was it like Friday? I was at the outlets for the first time trying to source Nike shoes. And I was like FaceTiming Julian, like, hey, bro, is this like a good one? Is it a good one? So, and he was able to tell like off the bat, just because he built that repetition regarding doing like, you know, retail arbitrage where I started on books and sourcing a lot of stuff online. So that was kind of like what I brought to the table you know, um, sourcing through like newsletter sales and stuff like that. Mm. And how much did each of you guys start with when you originally started reselling? On Amazon? Uh, in general, because I know yours is going to be like nothing probably in the same way mine's like nothing. It was years and yeah. years. Ago. Yeah, I was working like uh, a minimum wage job and I had probably had like a thousand dollars to start with after saving. Oh, that up. was like way more than I had <laughs> then. You were already getting money then at the time, I guess. But I mean, I was like 14. So yeah, that, uh, that makes sense. And then Amazon specifically, you had pretty good cash flow, cash flow. So it was pretty easy to, to just get going. Like you said, it just took some time to build like spend confidence and all that, which totally makes yeah. sense. And especially with, um, I started out mostly doing, um, FBM like merchant fulfilled. So the cash flow was a lot faster with that. So mm. it, it let me scale faster. Underrated. I could rant all day. Everyone should merchant fill stuff. Can rant. And people like yeah, people yeah. are like, oh, I don't want to like preps it. No, like for you're making under 10 grand a month profit. Like you need every dollar count. Like we're not, we're not, yeah. and I'm not like I mean that in the sense of like that's very possible for everyone. If you work, it's obviously going to take a ton of work, whatever. But like it's very possible. And right, like to get to there, you need to do everything you can, in my opinion because we're optimizing to make as much money as possible, not to like coast and make a good amount, at least at that point. You know what I mean? For sure. Can each of you guys talk through having gone through the aggressive scaling that y'all have in the past couple months, any notable mistakes that you guys have made? And then ultimately on the other side of that, what you have implemented to kind of mitigate the risk of that? Uh, Lester, we'll start with you. Yeah, when I started like really scaling, it was more like the quality of the products that I was buying. Because when I started, I was just like trying to spend as much as I can, trying to hit that goal. But then, you know, when we had our one-on-ones, we we're kind of like sifting out through products that weren't profitable or just like low profit margin. And, you know, we're explaining why. So it was kind of like tweaking, then kind of like 
fixing that as long as we're you know going to like a, a growth um that was that was the biggest thing just kind of spending as much money but like not really paying attention of the products and looking at keep as much versus now we're trying to maximize everything that we spend make sure we get a good um return on that and you know build a pretty good um sustainable business so just general sourcing mistake i mean we've all been there right we all have and can continue to right yeah uh, everyone's gonna be we're always learning now. yeah exactly yeah. Julian, what about you? Any any notable mistakes you made? Yeah, I mean, I guess one big one was I would hop on a lot of like bolo stuff and mm-hmm. then they just tank in price. And when I first started out, I didn't cast like a wide net at all. So I would just go deep on like like three ASINs, for example, that were bolos. And not only wasn't it not consistent, but like the profit just like dropped after like even like two weeks. So that's something I, I learned. It's like most of your leads shouldn't come from like Bolo stuff or you should just branch off, like use that for inspiration because if your whole storefront is just Bolos, you're, you're not going to do well in the long term because that's what I learned. That's what I grew from. So it's a good starting point, but definitely not something I'd keep up with right now. And also in terms of um, spend. So with you, Garrett, you gave me this um, spend tracker, which really helped because that that was the main reason I got like to 100K in sales because I had to spend X amount to get this amount of sales. So yeah, those were the two things. And that's actually a good segue into where my thought is going now is, is because the buzzword in this Amazon space is always going to be replenishable. Replenishable products, how to find them, how much is your business is replenishable. So with with each of you guys specifically, when I talk about replenishable products, what are you looking for? What comes to mind? What sort of are some of the triggers that say, okay, maybe this might be a replenishable product and maybe this may not be? Uh, Julian, we'll start with you. Um, It being constantly in stock, um, the offer count not going crazy high, like a steady offer count, yeah. floor price on Keepa is at least break even or profit, I would say. And, you know, most of the time it's that, that good ROI that you're expecting. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Stable Keepa chart over time yeah, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Cause naturally if you see a big spike in offer count, that's going to drive just supply and demand based on how things work. You know what I mean? And I would, I can like kind of rant about this, but it comes from dealing with, like moats, right? Competitive advantages, sales tax, right? We probably all, I know Julian, you're doing prep now too, right? Oh, I did prep. So none of us are paying sales tax, right? So we have an immediate advantage over like people in 45 out of the 50 states or whatever. However many don't have sales tax on anything or just even whatever specific categories you're buying, right? That's a major thing, right? Because someone, if we're all buying a $50 item, we're all paying 50 plus the $1.50 a unit or whatever prep cost when a lot of other states are paying 50 plus 7% sales tax plus 10% sales tax. And that adds up not just in like a psychological perspective of they have to deal with it. It's it, that, that's diff, the difference between buying and not buying a lot of items, especially when you get lower and lower. Uh, well, I guess not because it's percentage based, but I guess higher based on there being a, a per unit prep cost. Um, and all that and other things like that, right? Coupons, catch-alls, different stuff like that, like sales, right? 
having a network is a moat, right? Having people you can bounce ideas off of. The nice thing is we can all choose to create that. That's not like how you live and everything. That's giving value, giving free leads to people, whatever, making friends. Um, all that. And I think that's, you know, incredibly important as well as we can all really attest to that, you know, Garrett and I meeting like a year ago, um, different stuff like that. Um, in terms of like what you could have done differently from the start to get where you are quicker, and you guys both scaled up really, really quick. I'm, I'm curious. That's typically a question we ask kind of, you know, closer to the end of the episode, but I'm curious just in terms of like our greater conversation, if there is anything, because people like you have scaled so quick, you know, is there anything you would have done differently? That, that's a good question. Um... So it sounds like no, then. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll start with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. for me, it would have been prep center 100%, especially just with the tax savings off the bat. But like, oh, quick story. So I live here in Miami. I live in a studio, right? Yeah, okay. Let's talk about though, because that I get the question, how am I supposed to sell on Amazon if I live in an apartment? I'm like, dude, like, you make it work like you 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 work to make money i know it's a revolutionary idea no like inconvenient things happen and you work around it to make money but i'm (laughs) curious because i was just thinking like so how did you do that yeah i always joke i got the most expensive um warehouse out here but yeah i live in a studio here in miami out of all places but i made it work you know i just started ordering stuff i talked to my concierge downstairs like hey listen i'm gonna get a lot of orders here so what they did they literally set up a bin just for me they put my apartment number there and ups fedex dhl whoever drops it they know it's my package so every time i come home where where i was working a full-time job the whole bin was full and i would literally just grab that bin drag it to the service elevator and kind of do that repetition you know that was my little routine after work then eventually my whole apartment was full of boxes, products and whatnot. And it was literally a warehouse and I just sleep right here. So came to a point, it's like, you know, I can't do this. You know, I have a girlfriend and all that stuff. We're trying to live. So that would have been the first, one of the first things um, I should have done, which is prepping. And um, yeah. Yeah. You got anything or should we move on? No, I, I got something. I think the only thing I would have done differently is just to reinforce the networking thing, because that's the only thing that accelerates your business. Really. The fact that you have like this one-on-one personal touch with someone who's ahead of you, I think is something I regret not doing. And that's developing. I see you coming in with those reels. I see you. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, I'm trying yeah. now. I'm trying now to, to push out content to network with other people. And it, it's kind of worked. Like I, I've gotten more well, clearly. I mean, we're all here. Like, yeah. you know, it clearly worked. <laughs> But yeah, so that, that's something that mm. my next question is specifically directed towards you, Lester, to, at least to start us off. I know you recently hired a VA. How did that experience go? Has it been successful? Are, are, do you still employ them? Give us give us the rundown on that whole process. Yeah, absolutely. I've had my VA now for about a month and a half. So I watch a couple of YouTube videos because Anything that I stumble upon now, it's either Google or YouTube. There's always unlimited resource out there. So sure, yeah, yeah. Like, how yeah. do you learn to sell? You type it in, you know, there's tons of resources out there, right? Like, there's so many questions people ask that can be Googled too. You know what I mean? Too. Like, yeah, it's exactly. a skill. It totally is a skill. Exactly. So, you know, kind of watch some of those videos, kind of know, like, you know, what kind of questions to ask and stuff like that. And when I first got my VA, um, I trained them because a lot of the, you know, um, ask a couple of you guys as well as 
it's really what you teach them is what you're going to get out of it. So I really put in the time um, teaching them how I source, what kind of expectation I want in these items that they source, you know, every day and stuff like that. And um, it's been really helpful. And uh, addition to that, like waking up in the morning, just kind of like looking at leads already done for you, it saves you a lot of time and mental clarity that you can use that um, higher value energy to something else rather than prepping or, you know, sourcing. Mm -hmm. So basically your VA works overnight. Uh, yeah, we don't really have a set time. Um, I, we, we do a, a weekly meeting, kind of just go over the leads, what, what are good leads, what leads to avoid and, and you know, kind of just um, making sure they're still doing the job properly, even though I'm not really tracking them. And did they have Amazon experience prior to you hiring them? Yeah, I got very lucky. My VA was trained through Fast, fast Track FBA. Um, the company he was working with was doing some automation. So their, their account actually got banned. Oh, and, no yeah, wonder. Job, so, yeah. Damn, yeah. So Amazon automation, even putting people out of jobs too. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So did you just go straight onlinejobs.ph template? Hey, I'd love if you could work for me for a week for a trial run. I'll give you X amount of money, something like that. Walks through the whole process though, because that's something that, you know, a lot of people are kind of confused about how to do right and everything like that. And it's can be very quickly executed on to be successful quick, but kind of walks through the blueprint of how you did it. Yeah. So for me personally, I went through online jobs.ph. So you basically create a job posting, ideally what you want your virtual assistant. So for me, I needed help with sourcing products on Amazon. So I specifically wrote down looking for a virtual assistant with Amazon experience, you know, tactical arbitrage softwares that you would use, seller amp and stuff like that. And um, at the end, as everyone knows, make sure you put a question there. You know, for example, like what's your favorite color, favorite animal, just to make sure they're actually reading your job post, not just spamming and giving you resume. So yeah, um, you would expect, you know, a lot of messages for these virtual assistant trying to get a job from your company, your, your company, of course. Um, so I kind of went through that. I think it took me about two, two, three days to find the right one. I did a couple interviews through Zoom just to make sure, you know, they can speak English. That was actually a very important part. Make sure they speak English. Uh, excellent internet connection. Make sure they know how to use Discord, um, Excel, Google Sheets, stuff that I would use to communicate. And another way, I think I'm because I'm, I'm planning to uh, hire a second virtual assistant. So I think I'm going to go through FBA Fast Track, which, you know, they're a little more trained. So I'm going to have them uh, source different items specifically just for that. And you could have that other, uh, your current one screen record themselves for a while, you know, and then there's that's an initial, you know, training on how they find stuff. And are they like tactile arbitrage? Are they reverse sourcing like Selleramp or like what methods are they using for finding products? Yeah. So the only software we use is Selleramp for reverse sourcing um, different stores. Aside from that, um, it's all manual and I actually promoted my VA to, um, to manage kind of like a lot of these things. Cause my plan is kind of like step back a little bit of the business. So Ken, who, uh, which is, you know, the other person we've been talking about here, he actually made his VA do purchase for him now, which is amazing, you know? So gangster. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but that's kind of like eventually the goal. I know um, Trader Soros from Arbitrage Ops does oh, that. So yeah. many VAs. 
Let me find out what uh what what number episode that is, but that's a must listen for all our buy box fans. Yeah, that are listening yeah. right now. So you know that's kind of eventually what I want to be. Um, you know, and so my VA I just promoted him and kind of talked to him like where we are going in a couple months and what I want him to do like training when we get another you know VA in the team. Episode thirty eight. Wow. Home. this just this just brings tears to my eye this uh, i'm so proud of lester his growth i'm kidding do you have a va huh <laughs> you, are, are you using any vas you oh, hired me, yeah. yeah i just hired one like two weeks ago oh how's it going uh it's going pretty good um what do you call it i i was teaching her most of the things with like our amp and stuff and i i'm already seeing like a progression in the quality of the leads so when i first started with her i'd see maybe like two leads that were like solid like hey i'd actually buy this and continue to buy it but and out of like let's say every three days i get like two good leads but now it's like every day i get at least one solid lead so that's something i'm i'm happy about and you know i do i do the weekly um meetups or not meetups like uh, zoom calls to keep up with them she's very nice um she's very open to learn she seems bright and yeah i'm excited to work with her that's something that i think is super underrated that i don't think enough people do is actually get on the phone get on zoom and, and develop that relationship develop that communication with the va right so many people just want their VA to do the work for them and they get the result. And that's just not really how it works, right? You need to put in the sweat equity. It's an extension of you. You need to continue to mold her, him, whoever, to ultimately start to produce as, as you would want, right? So I think that's something that's super valuable. Yeah. And they're people too. Like it really right. helps if you get on the phone with them and encourage them, like, you know, show that you're proud of them for their, for their growth and stuff. And that really helps their, like their morale. I was seeing how long that's never happened in podcast history. And I, I, was, I knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, and it was just a, you know, any elongated pause, which is healthy in conversation. Oh. That's like, that had previously been my worst effort, my worst nightmare as we were going, you know what I mean? Cause we care very deeply about our buy box. And it's listen, I think this is episode 60, right? Is this it? episode 60. I'm going to look it up uh yeah holy shit this is episode 60 already it feels like just yesterday we were in garrett's crib <laughs> is that where the first episode was yeah 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 yeah, yeah. youtube listeners can see it right up here yeah my screen's in black and white your guys screen should be in black and white too um yeah that's my, that is yeah. the living room as of now yeah, at aoa aoa hq um with special guest danny in there um and so you at lester you said you started with books and everything tell me talk us through kind of what that transition was like because that's a a necessary trans uh necessary you know transition for a lot of people but it can be difficult and even just going oa to wholesale ra to oa wholesale to book or books to wholesale that kind of thing it's really hard to just kind of you know switch it up because your day-to-day changes you know you got to learn a whole new skill within the amazon ecosystem and all that so kind of walk us through that yeah the buying books in the beginning was actually, you know, um, 
challenging for me because I just was not interested in the category at all. Like looking at these like random books, they were just boring to me. So, but what it did was like, it gave me a huge like groundwork, learning Kipa, learning how Amazon worked because I was buying these books, you know, super cheap. So I was making cheap mistakes. Like I remember when I first, my first shipment, which I'm sure we all did, this is like, was a nightmare, you know? Yeah. Like it was frustrating trying to put labels, how to print it out. So like, it was a great lesson, like doing books, um, again, building that foundation before it transferred to OA. By, by the time I did OA, um, I had an understanding like um, keep a charts, like rotation of the buy box. So a lot of these things were already built in and I was just applying those same principles regarding, you know, products that I was sourcing aside from books from then on. But I did it gradually. I wasn't just like going deep. I would you know, increase my spend each week and slowly till I get more comfortable to where I'm at right now. Obviously, Amazon's an inventory-based business, right? Managing our cash flow is going to be one of the keys to success. So we'll start with you, Julian. What are some of the methods and techniques that allow you to, one, scale your business, but two, making sure you're scaling responsibly and having the cash in the back end to back that up? Yeah, so that that's actually uh, something I'm currently working on myself. But something that I've noticed that would help is um like I I was mentioning it before, like doing merchant fulfilled for some of your orders to to fast to speed up the cash flow, and also I like this credit card that I completely vouch for, um the American Express Plum, because mm -hmm. it really gives you that safety net when spending because you have sixty days to pay it off with like no penalty whatsoever. And that is really the reason I did so well in Q4 or even maybe even like last month, for example, because American Express has very high limits once you grow the, your relationship with them. Yep. And the, you know, the benefits, like I mentioned before, is it's a really good combo. Like so you have 60 it. days from when you spend or is it like a rolling statement? Yeah, like, like the, the statement. They're yeah, just yeah. Okay, so you have 60 days and then the statement's up and then the payment is due in 30 days or the payment's due 60 days after the statement or I, I'm kind of confused on it. Yeah, I mean, it works like a normal credit card works, just double the days. So like, I don't I don't know exactly how the statements work. You, you get what I'm saying? Because it would technically be 90 days then if it's 60 days and then the statement ends and then there's well, like so, three weeks. So what he's asking is, say January 1st to February 30th, 30 word, whatever. Is it anything that you spend within those two months, you have to pay February 31st, or is it 60 days by the time of every time you spend the card? I spend oh, the no. card yeah, today, from the first I 60 time. days from today, or yeah. is it wh which? That one. It's your first yeah, statement. So, yeah, it's your first statement. Yeah. So anything that gets spent between January 1 and call it February 28th has to be paid on that statement due date, which is February yeah. 28th. February 30th. Oh, okay. Okay, whatever, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, yeah. So, yeah, because like, I, oh, and this is kind of some game for the audience, I think. The way I like to do it is like, I know in my head, I basically use three cards mainly and like kind of fourth, like the chase card, but not as much as the limit's low. So I, I roll it and I think, what's the latest payment due date I can spend on today? For example, so my Capital One card, the statement ends tomorrow, the 26th. And then the payment for that is due May 20th. However, um, the money I then spend 
on the 27th, once the statement's up, isn't due till June 20th. So that's the money that I'll spend until it comes to my next statement for the American Express card is up, which then, so for example, my next American Express statement ends the 11th, which would then make the payment date be due June 8th, right around that. So then my spend on May 12th will go on that card because that that spend won't be due till July 12th. If that makes sense, I'm like, and that's like huge for cash flow getting down on that because you can really write like the goal is obviously to be able to really profitably spend, but the issue is just that the way the cash flow cycle works and fulfillment center transfer and stuff, you know, it can take a while to get your money back depending on you know the liquidity of these different items like that. And so even if you're on paper scaling quickly, way more profitable business wise, it, it doesn't matter if your cash flow isn't good at least in the short term to make sure you're you know getting your credit dealt with and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually experienced this a little bit when I switched to prep centers because there was a little bit of delay. Yeah. So I knew that like coming in. So what I done is like I was still prepping, even though I was ordering stuff, you know, going to the prep centers. And as you mentioned, Miles earlier, like, you know, still do like fulfilled by merchant, like you can still do all this stuff, even though you can still use a prep center, just going to like have that um, hedge, you know, regarding the delays and, and whatnot. Miles, a question on the, the the statement game you were giving. Yeah. How do you manage to know exactly when for you each memorize year? it quick after doing it for a few months? But like in my in my head, I could tell you right. So my Capital One statement ends roughly. It's typically the twenty sixth. Payments then do the twentieth of the next month. Amex Blue statement ends the eleventh. Payments do the sixth, and then Amex Gold statements ends the thirteenth, and it's typically do the eighth. It's like right around that. Like, I think that was perfect in terms of the dates. Um, So yeah, you just get an idea of that and just kind of like once you, and I write it down too, like I have a balance sheet with like the due dates and everything like that, or at least most months I will. And I guess sometimes permanently I do. But then, then again, right after a few months of aggressively scaling and reinvesting, then your capital gets built up quick and you much, you know, you have way less cash flow issues than you did, assuming you're reinvesting and, you know, buying the right stuff and everything like that too. So Julian, we'll start with you for the next question. What is your call next six months going to look like? Is there any sort of new business initiatives? Are we still going to start getting into wholesale? Just keep cranking and scaling away. What is your call a six to eight month plan? Yeah. So I want to get, like, I really want to master my, like OA, like it's still not there yet, I could say. But once I do that, which I'd say can be reasonably done within three months, I, I want to get into wholesale. But I really want to distinguish the fact that I, I master one before moving on to the next thing. But yeah, wholesale is the long-term goal for, for me. Mm-hmm. And Lester, how about you? Yeah, for me, since I already had um, prep centers locked, I actually have two right now in the prep center of VA. So I'm planning on adding another one. I'm going to have them help me open up um, wholesale accounts. And I do plan on going on ASD in August. I think that's second week of August. And party with the boys in Vegas. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've actually, you know, met a lot of local uh, sellers here in Miami. Like, for example, I don't know if you guys know, I'm sure you guys know Jerry here. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were hanging out with him? Yeah, we got, I don't know. He He's like crazy overdue. Um, yeah and uh, yeah he's a great guy though yeah i went to dinner richie was there um big private label guy uh brandon uh what's his last name i can't remember 
but he was there. He just showed up. Jameson was there. Yeah. So, you know, we were just talking and they've been going to ASD for a long time. And, you know, that's how they kind of met um, uh, all together. And, you know, kind of that's the plan. Uh, still do OA and add more wholesale account to the, um, the business. Amazing. So okay, we- cool. Yeah, yeah. So as a final question, Gary. Yeah, so as we start to wrap up, obviously you guys know we have a lot of newer sellers, maybe in that five, ten thousand range. If you wanted to leave them with one sort of message, piece of advice, what would each of y'all say? We'll start with you, Lester. Yeah, I mean, I was I was there not too long ago. You know, I would say like three months and continue taking action and purchasing products, even though like you might not see the results. There's always a little bit of lag. You're always learning every day. So, and watch a lot of YouTube, like Amazon content religiously. Um, There's so many information out there um, for you to learn, to stay motivated, to get inspired. So, you know, just continue day by day, just slowly get better. And think of it as a, you know, a long-term business. It's not going to happen overnight, but like, you know, picture yourself two years from now, three years from now, and you, you look back and it's, it's going to be a, a crazy journey. Yeah. All right. Well, amazing. Yeah. Cool. That was a lot of fun. Um, that was our first two for one episode to my knowledge, I think um, mm-hmm. maybe first to many, who knows, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, I, you know, this is what I like talking about, you know, just chopping up out and everything like that. Um, so thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for everyone for listening. I will see you guys on Friday with another social, episode. Social, 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 social. Socials. All right. Well, they're linked in the description already, but they also have it tagged here for our YouTube people. What do you have? JC I don't think mine kicks. finishes. <laughs> JCS got kicks. Maybe it's JC's got kicks. And then Lester John Official, if you want the memes. You got to start posting the memes on story too. You didn't really, uh, you didn't really do it like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll start sharing them, you know. I, I like to share my runs a lot. Cause that's yeah, something true facts really docks, the, docks the location a little bit eh. yeah <laughs> cool all right thanks a lot guys talk to you soon